You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com We are in the midst of a global calamity, friends, and in the midst of that global calamity is a global resistance from East Asia to um, the Middle East, from Africa to South America, from Canada to California. People are rising up against the encroaching global tyranny. And so you are tuned into the transmission from GHQ of this Global Resistance Corbett Report Radio here on Republic Broadcasting. And tonight we are joined from, uh, well, one of the key battlefronts in this uh, global tyranny and uh, the fight against it by one of the, uh, the, I think, one of the best uh, members and representatives of the alternative media out there. My good friend and our regular guest here, Dan Dix of PressForTruth.tv and PressForTruth.ca and YouTube.com slash Weaving Spider. He's all over the place. In fact, I see he was just on Press uh, TV. Um, so he's uh, getting out further and further. Always good to see. Dan Dix, thank you so much for joining us tonight on the program. It's my pleasure, my friend. Always great to be here. Thanks again for having me. Well, no problem. All right. Well, before we jump headfirst into the information and uh, what part Canada is playing in this encroaching new world order corporate slave control grid, let's uh, let's first just for people out there, I, I know there's always new listeners tuning in who may not have uh, heard you before or seen you. Tell us uh, just briefly about yourself and the work that you're doing over there at Press for Truth. Sure. Yeah, I'm involved with an alternative media group here in Toronto called Press for Truth. And basically, we try to cover as many issues as we can uh, that generally the mainstream media doesn't cover. Um, so that's what we do. We make videos for YouTube. Um, we make uh, documentary films, and uh, we try to just spread this information as much as we can. And I've uh, recently stepped up my efforts a bit with a new website where I'm doing daily videos now. Uh, so that's basically um, what, what our what our goal is, is just to raise awareness about a, a whole t- number of topics uh, as I said, that generally the mainstream either doesn't cover or they put their own kind of spin on it. And uh, I think a lot of people are becoming more and more aware of that fact. They know the mainstream is lying to them, so they're starting to look to alternative sources for information. And I suppose that's where we come in. And uh, at Press for Truth, sometimes we try to keep our content uh, generally to Canadian issues, uh, but not specific to Canadian issues. We we, we deal with uh, global issues as well. Um, but that is pretty much what we're doing in a nutshell. Absolutely. And uh, you're you're exactly right. I mean, you've been covering the, the Sikh shooting. You've covered the Colorado shooting. I mean, you're, you're all over in terms of uh, just general information. But of course, being there in Toronto, obviously, you can cover the Canadian perspective as well. But uh, just uh, we only have a minute or two before the break. So uh, for the benefit of those people who might be watching via video, um, I'm going to uh, embarrass you a little. And I'm going to ask you about the, uh, the award behind you. And perhaps you can show that for the benefit of the people who are watching this uh, video. Uh- Oh, really? All right. Um, this is not an Illuminati pyramid uh, that <laughs> I have here to worship on a pedestal. No, that is not what it is. This is, in fact, an award uh, that I won. It says here, 2011 uh, Mexico Film Festival Silver Palm Award for my film, United We Fall. Uh, we were entered into the Mexico's International Film Festival, and they awarded us with this very nice looking, very heavy award for that film that deals with the encroaching uh, North American Union agenda. So that's what this guy's all about. 
Well, I couldn't think of a documentary that deserves an award like that more than United We Fall. An excellent documentary. I always recommend it to people, um, as well as all your other uh, documentaries. Um, so we'll go into that a little bit, um, perhaps after the break. But absolutely, it's great that you got the award. And I always think that the uh, the weight of the award is is the main component of the award itself. If it if it weighs a lot, it must mean something. Exactly. I can work out with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you do. Admit it, you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, just for those people out there in Radio Land, uh, once again, I'd just like to remind you, you can get the video of this radio broadcast a few hours after the broadcast airs at CorbettReport.com. So I hope you are tuned into that. Uh, not for my ugly mug, but for the uh, the much more uh, lookable mugs of the uh, guests out there. So on that note, let's take a short break. We'll be right back with Dan Dix of Press for Truth right after these messages. All right, welcome back to the broadcast, friends. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you this Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning, depending where you are in the world. And tonight we're talking to Dan Dix of PressForTruth.tv out there in Canada, my home and native land. And once again, for those who aren't familiar with Dan Dick's work, I suggest you get familiar with it because, of course, he's done so many great documentaries that I highly recommend to people, including, of course, Into the Fire, uh, about the G20 in Toronto and the destruction of Canadian liberties there, and United We Fall, uh, of course, talking about uh, the North American Union and the coming, um, well, I guess regional enslavement grid as part of slotting into that global enslavement grid that they're working on behind the scenes. And for people who are watching this uh, this video at home and notice that the shrink wrap is still on my copy of United We Fall, that's actually because I have watched it numerous times online, so I've never actually opened up the DVD. Uh, but I, of course, want to support the work. But, uh, uh, yeah, I should really do that because I, I have never seen the DVD features on that. So, okay behind-the-scenes stuff. We got some cool features on there. We got a making of the soundtrack. Uh, we actually did a producer-director commentary on the uh, entire film, so a two-hour-long producer-director commentary, um, and uh, deleted scenes and all that, kind of, all that kind of fun stuff as well. Yeah, well, there you go. I will, uh, I'll bust it out later today. But in, in my defense, I, I believe, isn't the, uh, the, the, the making of the soundtrack, isn't that on your YouTube account as well? Uh, yeah, I think I did upload that yeah, one. Yeah, I so I'm pretty sure I've seen that, yeah. Okay, yeah, we let the cat out of the bag there. And <laughs> people, people want to check that out, they, uh, they, can, they can do so right now. Right, <laughs> yes they can. And once again, let's direct them to your YouTube, youtube.com slash weavingspider. Of course, a uh, reference to the Bohemian Grove. So are you an attendee there, Dan? I uh, haven't been in quite some time. <laughs> no, uh, to be honest, I, um, I I I wish we were able to change our YouTube channel names. I'm uh, um, it's it's a little too witchcrafty sounding for my like. But at the time uh, that I set up my YouTube channel, I was researching again, uh, looking into the Bohemian Grove a lot, and uh, so I I just came up with it at the time. And it is what it is now, so uh, that's where I've amassed all my subscribers, so I'm just going to stick with it now. But, um, 
that's the story behind that one. <laughs> yeah, well, no problem. Weaving spiders come not here. You're the weaving spider. I, I get it. Um, exactly. But, yeah, exactly. Well, at any rate, uh, I do hope people will check it out. And for people out there who haven't yet done so, of course, you can find the links from the show notes for today's episode at CorporateReport.com. Let's start jumping into some of the issues that you've been covering. And once again, you're doing daily video reports, so you're uh, you're covering a lot of different news. But let's, let's start with something that I haven't actually really talked about yet on the program, and that's the trans specific partnership agreement that's being worked on right now, a type of, uh, well, another regional uh, framework for, for trade uh, trade agreement that, uh, once again, is going to further undermine sovereignty and further subject people into uh, debt slavery, but will uh, definitely work out for the banksters. Let's talk a little bit about the TPP and Canada's role in all of this. Sure. Canada's role is uh, the fact that Stephen Harper just announced at the G20 Summit in Mexico that we would be taking part in this thing. I think there are up to 11 countries now, I believe. And so far, it would appear that, um, for the most part, this thing is being somewhat kind of disguised as a trade deal, but it really amounts to so much more. Um, but it is along the lines of these incremental trade deals that we've been seeing over decades, really. Uh, this concerted effort that's leading towards this one-world government type of concept. And you can trace trace these trade deals back as far back as the General Agreement on Trade and Tariffs, and then uh, we we follow it through to the, the Free Trade Agreement, NAFTA, SBP. Uh, and then, of course, now we have this Trans-Pacific Partnership, but um, there's so many things within this thing that just gives more power to the corporations to be able to uh, deal with various governments all over the world in the ways that they would like to do so. And uh, some things that are going to be potentially uh, disastrous for the people of the world as far as lowering food standards. Uh, For example, you know, in a lot of these trade deals, uh, they'll often have to harmonize, as they put it, uh, a lot of the standards across the board in in order to be able to do this kind of trade. And in the example of, for for example, pesticides on foods, uh, we Canadians have a higher standard in regards to the amount of pesticides we use on our fruits and vegetables. Um, so if we harmonize these things across the board, it's not like as if some of these other nations are going to have to uh, have better standards, but we would actually have to lower our standards. And it gets even worse than that. There are clauses in this thing that would actually give these corporations the ability to sue other governments who do not comply. Um, it's very similar to what we've seen in the NAFTA agreement under, I believe it's Chapter 11, uh, where uh, um, corporations can sue governments who don't comply uh, with these new deals. So really, this thing is amounting to, um, as I said in our latest video on the TPP, a, a global corporate fascist coup. It's a complete takeover by the corporations, which is leading us closer to this concept of one world government. And that's what the deal is all about. Exactly. And even for those people who are still trapped in the matrix and still believe what's being said about these types of agreements, at least Canadians can see, for example, with NAFTA and the whole softwood lumber dispute that uh, shaped up a few years ago, that it's not really about even protecting your, your corporate interests for your, your country. It's about whichever side of that partnership is bigger. And America is the 8 million pound gorilla in the room, so they get to uh, basically dictate what they want. And of course, it's not America as in the American people. It's uh, Washington, D.C. as in the Congress critters and the banksters who are puppeteering them. And unfortunately, I think that's what the TPP is, is basically going to amount to. Um, as you as you indicate, there's now uh, about 11 countries signed up to this, and Canada is one of the, the latest. And apparently, that means that 
that Canada has absolutely no say in in negotiating any parts of that agreement uh, uh, or being part of that negotiation that has already brought the TPP to the point that it's at. So basically, what Harper just did was sign uh, Canada up to a negotiation that has already been negotiated, which is a, a bizarre position even for people trapped in that matrix. So what what have you seen in terms of Canadian response to this uh, so far, either from the mainstream or the alternative? Uh, the alternative uh, press is, for the most part, being all over it, trying to expose what's going on, and not really seeing a whole lot of this uh, coming from the mainstream, to be honest, um, except for in regards to some of the potential um, backdoor provisions that would uh, seek to censor the Internet. I have seen a little bit of that, and that's because there's been such a big noise made about uh, for instance, with ACTA, the Anti-Counterfeiting Trade Agreement, which not too long ago was voted down on in the European Parliament. Um, so there, there is a possibility for uh, CETA, the Comprehensive Economic Trade Agreement, along with some of these things in the TPP, to bring back this uh, some of the um, provisions that were in the ACTA agreement that they couldn't get through. Um, so now it appears that they're going to try to use some of these new uh, deals to uh, usher in these back backdoor deals to censor the internet. So that's uh, certainly another thing we have to pay close attention to with this one. Absolutely, and it's it's interesting to me that the public really does seem to be energized and and energizable on the internet censorship front. And we saw, of course, the huge uproar about ACTA and uh, and PIPA that that came out in the wake of the, the introduction of those bills several months ago. And uh, people really got mobilized and energized about that. And I guess it's a good thing if we can point out that those aspects of things like TPP and CETA, then we can get people energized. But it's also kind of disheartening that people aren't interested in talking about any of the deeper underlying sovereignty issues or economic issues behind this. They're only interested in that little section. And if they if they get, it's almost like if they can throw them a bone with regards to the internet censorship issue, then people will shut up about it and it can all go away. Right. Well, a lot of people don't really pay too much attention unless they are directly affected. Um, your average uh, Joe Sixpack and Sally, Sally Soccer Mom out there are not concerned with these issues, and they're more caught up in, uh, oh, watching the Olympics or paying attention to um, the, the new you know, pop idols and stuff like that. And it's not until that these families are, are faced with some of these issues on a personal level uh, that they might start to think, um, hey, you know, some of those things that those guys are talking about in the, in the alternative media, uh, they may be on to something here. Um, so unfortunately, sometimes uh, it's just like with uh, somebody who's addicted to some hardcore drugs or something. Sometimes you just have to hit rock bottom before you realize that there's a, a, a problem and, and, and an issue here. Um, so I think that's uh, possibly a little bit of what's going on, and that's why we just need to really continue ramping up our efforts to raise awareness, uh, because awareness is still key here. We need to get the word out about all these things that are going on. And what have you seen lately in terms of public response to, to alternative media in general? What's, uh, what's happening there in Toronto and in Canada generally? It's growing. I mean, th- th- there's... A lot of us can feel that there has been a, a global kind of awakening happening in, in definitely the last decade. And I think what we're starting to see now in uh, the last year or two years is a culmination of uh, 10 years now of people researching, studying, learning up on these topics. 
And now they're getting to the point where they want to get active and get out in the streets. People are starting blogs, starting websites, starting YouTube channels, uh, getting into blog talk radio. Um, so it's it's really great because that, that that's what's going to uh, affect change here is on a grassroots level, on an individual level. And when people can um, take the initiative uh, to to get involved and and, and join uh, the information war, it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, I, I wouldn't uh, change it for the world. It's um, sometimes uh, difficult to do what we do, but at the same time, um, I, I wouldn't change it. You know, I mean, I, I, I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. And hopefully, I mean, my, my goal is to just continue to what I do and hopefully inspire others to do the same. And I think we're starting to see that. As I said, it's a culmination of a massive awakening over the last 10 years. And it's really exciting, really exciting time to be involved with the fight against the New World Order. It sure is. The tide is turning, and I think we can all see that, and uh, probably no no one more so than the, those of us who are actually in the alternative media. So once again, I'll invite those out there who aren't uh, doing this for yourself. Well, why not? It's uh, easier than ever. At any rate, let's take a short break. We'll be right back once again talking to Dan Dix of Press for Truth. Hang on. We'll be right back after these messages. What a beautiful song. What a wonderful, beautiful song. It's so uplifting and uh, and beautiful at the same time. I wonder who could have written such a beautiful song. Oh, that's right. It's Dan Dix, Press for Truth, multi-talented alternative media host slash musician slash documentary filmmaker slash probably many other things besides. So it's our honor to have Dan on tonight. And uh, once again, Dan, uh, I, let me just com- commend you on all of your musical work as well. It's, it's such a great compliment to your uh, documentaries and your videos. So uh, so thank you so much for spreading all of that uh, that great, good good music around as well. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you like it. Um, I'm, I'm really enjoying getting back. I've always been into music, but... I, I had a little bit of a lull there, I guess you could say, where I wasn't doing too much. And then as soon as I started getting into making documentary films, and I remember when we made our first film, uh, we were like, okay, well, we're going to need music for this thing. And I said to myself, well, why don't I take a stab at it? And let's let's just see how it goes. And we felt it went good. And so I've done that with every single film since then. And uh, I feel that it goes well, and it's it's such a great way to be able to accent some of the things in the film when you when you sit down with your guitar, your piano, whatever, and you write uh, parts of the song to what you are seeing on the screen to just make everything sync up and make it all uh, that much more comprehensible. It just it just adds a nice touch when when you can do the music yourself. So that, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm blessed that I can do it. So. Well, and as someone who who does a bit of video editing, I know how important getting the mu- right music and the right mood and and how that can be an important process in the editing itself. So um so I it must be a, a I think a, an extra added bonus to be able to to craft the music to the scenes and to to do that. That's uh yeah, well it's a lot of work I have no doubt, but um again it adds so much to the documentaries. Once again, of course, the documentary is available for purchase from pressfortruth.ca, pressfortruth.tv. I hope people go there and purchase some of those DVDs to help out uh, Dan Dix, but on that note, I understand there's uh, some more documentary projects that you're working on and involved with. So first, tell us about uh, Shade. Oh, Shade, yes. This is a new film coming out. 
I actually just saw the trailer for this. Oh, wait, wait a minute. No, I was thinking about um, another one. No, no, Shade is the one by Jason Burmis and uh, Shepard Ambellis uh, of the IntelHub.com. Um, yeah, that uh, I'm really excited to see that one. Those guys interviewed me for that film probably about eight months ago or so. Uh, so they've been working on it for quite some time. And then I hooked up with them in Chantilly, Virginia, when I was covering the Bilderberg Conference there a couple months ago. And uh, they interviewed me a little bit more for the film there. So they just dropped a trailer for that on Monday. And um, if, if anybody hasn't seen it, uh, they should check it out. I got it on my homepage right now at PressForTruth.tv. Uh, I'm really excited to see that one. Those guys do great work. Of course, the, Jason Burmis, the producer of uh, Loose Change, Fabled Enemies, Invisible Empire, great filmmaker. And he's teamed up with some good guys over there at the Intel Hub. So, you know, I'm happy to be a part of it. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing what they what they came up with. So am I. It looks like it, it's going to be a good documentary. Um, mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about yourself. I understand you're working on a Bilderberg documentary of your own. Yep, yep. We're working on our fifth documentary. It's uh, going to be all about the Bilderberg Group. We've been working on it hard for the last few months, and uh, we're we're getting pretty close to having picture lock. Uh, just a few more things to do, and once we get that. Um, I can start uh, working on the music. We just got to do a little bit of color correction, a little bit of audio correction, and then we're good to go. So uh, we pretty much got that one uh, ready. Um, we've made uh, we kept it a little shorter this time around. Our last one is not so much a documentary, but more of an informational uh, package. The 9/11 hearings, Toronto hearings on 9/11, which is a six-hour-long DVD just jam-packed with information. And all of our other films have been um, averaging at around two hours. Uh, so this particular film, we um, we wanted to keep it a little bit shorter, so we aimed for 45 minutes, and uh, we've ended up coming in just at that. Uh, so it's a little bit of a shorter doc, 45 minutes long, and it focuses entirely on the Bilderberg group. So we're probably getting set to have that one released uh, I don't want to say too much now because we're not too sure, but I, I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm aiming for possibly October. Um, I was looking at a few dates in October for a theater a theatrical release, so um, we're getting really close to having that one ready, and we're really excited to release the fifth film from Press for Truth, documenting the uh, global elite group known as the Bilderberg Group. Absolutely, should be very interesting. Of course, uh, one of the uh, the key power players in this global enslavement grid. So it's important to be exposing them and to be drawing attention to what they're doing. I'm very much looking forward to that myself. Have you got a tentative title for that documentary? Not yet, not yet. Uh, title is uh, sometimes one of the hardest things to come up with. Well, not hardest, but um, we've uh, haven't come up with something yet that uh, the three of us, of course, myself, Brian Law, and Stephen Davies, the other guys in Press for Truth. Um, we haven't uh, come up with something that all three of us have been solid on yet, uh, so we're not going to rush it. We're just going to wait until the right uh, thing comes to mind, but uh, no title at this point. That's usually the last thing to go, but I mean, we we got to come up with one soon because we want to start promoting this thing and making trailers and all that kind of stuff, so probably in the next, uh, I would say, two, three weeks or so, we'll have a title, we'll probably have a trailer cut together by then uh, so that we can start getting the word out and letting people know that we've been working on this in the first place. I haven't really been talking about it much. I haven't done any radio or anything where I've mentioned it. This is probably the first. Um, but we're getting really close to being ready with having that one out. And uh, as I said, we're aiming for October. That's all I can say for now. <laughs> 
Well, might I humbly suggest uh, a title for you? Send back these Bilderbergers. They're too cheesy. No, I don't know. I love um, it. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's take a short break. We'll be right back talking again to Dan Dix of Press for Truth. Hold on right there. We'll just take a short break. All right, welcome back to Corporate Report Radio, friends. Tonight, once again, if you're just joining us, we are talking to Dan Dix of PressForTruth.tv, and I hope you will go there and support his work. He's been doing excellent work there for a number of years now and uh, definitely covering a wide range of subjects. So let's start delving into some of the other areas that you've been going into. Of course, recently appearing on uh, Press TV to talk about what's happening in Syria. And I know this is a sub- another subject that you've been covering. Uh, tell us a little bit about your take on what's happening right now in Syria. Well, I don't know where to begin. I mean, there's so many things, um, and, and maybe that's by design. It's almost hard to keep, keep up to, to, to date with all the headlines and all the things going over there. Uh, going on over there. Um, but I guess to, to kind of break it all down, obviously there's this conflict between the um, Al-Qaeda rebels who, as many of us in the alternative media know, have been funded, uh, set up all along by the CIA. And it's it's all about creating the mayhem, creating the, the, the destruction and the, and the bloodshed and the loss of life there to generate a reaction uh, from the world to provide the excuse, the excuse, and try to say that there is a need for military intervention by either the UN or NATO or or Turkey or a whole num- number of outside forces who may want to intervene in uh, Syria. So, th- th- no doubt, this is uh, continuing to escalate. I mentioned on Press TV uh, yesterday that this uh, potentially is playing into a much larger picture as well. Um, we know that there's been a concerted effort over the last few decades for a complete takeover of the Middle East, and um, they they do want to um, attack and evade Iran, but they, they can't just go ahead and do that. Uh, I think Syria needs to be dealt with uh, first. Um, so uh, that's 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 what we're seeing there right now, and it's it's unbelievable with, with the uh, the battle at, of, of Aleppo that's going on right now. That is the key. Uh, if these rebels manage to take uh, a stronghold of that city, that could mark the beginning of the end. But uh, the Assad um, uh, government fighters have been keeping them at bay for the most part. Um, but certainly this thing is continuing to escalate. And I also mentioned, I mean, we have to be careful and aware of the fact that um, I, I've seen a report that some of these Al-Qaeda rebel fighters may have obtained some chemical weapons that came from Libya and got them through Turkey. And if this propaganda campaign here in the West uh, does not uh, work, if the people aren't buying it, then we could see some sort of false flag kind of attack where uh, these chemical weapons would be used, uh, the Assad regime would be blamed, and um, they, they would say, look, we need to intervene militarily. And I, I'm not sitting here saying that Assad is this shining beacon of light or anything like that. Um, the man is a dictator, but um, the, the thing is, if the Syrian people want to oust Assad, it should be completely up to them to do so. Uh, it's not the business of America, Israeli, British, and others, criminal elements within their um, uh, intelligence communities, to be the ones to be the global police to go in here and do these things. Um, but people are starting to see through the propaganda, and I think that's because we it, it, there's a pattern emerging here. We've seen it with... 
the lies that we were given to about Iraq with the weapons of mass destruction. And, of course, we've seen a lot of these similar tactics going on uh, recently in Libya. And now here we are once again, all the same thing over and over again here in Syria. So uh, hopefully um, the people don't uh, buy into this propaganda campaign. I know recently with uh, uh, Kofi Annan stepping down, um, it's quite possible that they'll use that to um, prop up the propaganda again and say, look, if this guy's stepping down, maybe a peaceful rep- resolution is not possible. Therefore, we're going to have to intervene militarily to, to deal with this guy. But again, it, it's, 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 we're, we're being played like a bunch of fools here. Um, they, they, they're, they're pulling their uh, shenanigans, but um, for the sake of the Ser- uh, uh, Syrian people, we here have to counter that propaganda as best as we can uh, to let people know that this is a huge scam going on right now. It certainly is. Well, how about the Canadian side of this? Because I, I remember last year during the Libyan um, campaign, it was the first foreign visit by uh, Canada's foreign minister, John Baird, who I'm not sure if he's still the foreign minister, um, but uh, but his first foreign visit was actually to meet the National Transitional Council in Libya and to basically give Canada's blessing to them before they had even managed to oust uh, uh, Gaddafi. So uh, what's uh, Canada's position on Syria? Are they part of this Friends of Syria? group that's uh, deigning to have say over what's happening there? Well, I know that uh, Baird is indeed still uh, doing his thing, and uh, that guy is quite an idiot, if I can say so myself. (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) Uh, All right, yeah, this is is open radio, I can say that, right? Uh, but, um, yeah, so I'm I'm not exactly positive about um, their official uh, stance at this point. Um, but, uh, if we, you know, look at what they've been doing in the past in regards to how the whole Libya scenario, um, rolled out, I'm sure we're going to see, uh, similar things in the case with Syria, no doubt. Yes, unfortunately, I was, uh, subjected to a lot of that propaganda. I subscribed to the, uh, the, the national, the CBC's, uh, flagship news, uh, program. I subscribed to their daily vodcast. So I, uh, keep up with the latest Canadian propaganda. And uh, I'm still a bit out of touch. I don't know. I don't keep up with the, the Canadian media on a daily basis. Other than that, so I'm not sure what the uh, the landscape is like out there. But but I uh, have heard a lot from Canadians who say that since the Harper regime took over, that it's uh, been definitely trending more towards the uh, the Fox News style reporting from the CBC and other Canadian institutions as well. Uh, what's your take on on the way Harper has transformed uh, Canada over the past several years? Oh, my God, he, he clearly does not have the best interest of uh, Canadians at hand, especially like what we talked about earlier, just signing on to the TPP um, after the no- uh, negotiations without any kind of a referendum or any input from the Canadians whatsoever. Um, so it's been a, a down, a, a, a spiraling down ever since he's gotten in. I, I just can't believe that he is still in power, especially after the, the, the insanity that we saw at the G20 summit. Uh, but then again, people have to remember about the robocall scandal. Um, this, this was huge news not too long ago with uh, last year's election that was quite potentially stolen by the conservatives because of this um, telephone calls who went out to uh, a lot of the voters and they were informed of the wrong location for the voting booths. And it turns out that there were so many writings that it quite literally may have affected the outcome of the 
uh, election, so it's quite possible that the current Harper government is an illegitimate one and that his majority uh, was stolen. Uh, so certainly he doesn't have the best interests of Canadians at, at, at heart, and um, he, he's doing the bidding of the global elite. Uh, he, he is a Bilderberg member after all. He was invited in 2003. He went in Versailles, France, and uh, it was only a few years later that he became Prime Minister of Canada, and uh, ever since he's been doing the the, build, uh, the bidding of his Bilderberg overlords. Um, so I think that's uh, what we got going on with who once was relatively unknown, who just kind of popped up onto the scene, is uh, Bilderberg boy Stephen Harper. I'm certainly not a fan. Yeah, someone who attends Bilderberg and suddenly becomes a national player on the national stage? No, never heard of that story before. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, uh, exactly right. And uh, not only all of that, but of course, Harper has been working closely with uh, the U.S. on on various bilateral deals, including the the latest, which uh, is a a border deal that allows uh, trans-border policing. Uh, Do you have any more on that story? Yeah, that's uh, been going on for quite some time. Uh, recently, um, they have made it possible for American troops to come over here um, and do their policing. And there's all these gray areas about how far inland they can come, um, how long on our shores they can come. And there's... Oh, it looks like we may have just lost to Dan Dix. All right. Well, we'll get him back on the line. But for people who don't know about that uh, that Canada-U.S. border agreement, uh, there has been one. It was uh, announced last year, and uh, it is definitely um, it, it has been a source of contention for for anyone who's been aware of what's really going on out there. Um, this was signed last year by Harper and Obama, and it was announced to a big uh, fanfare, basically that. Uh, uh, they they rolled this out with uh, with a big press conference, and uh, there was a bit of debate even in the uh, in the mainstream media about this and what was really the agenda behind it. But it was uh, it was quite disgusting the way they they, they rolled it out. And uh, let's let's check. We have Dan Dix back on the line. Dan, are you are you there? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm back. Great. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, I'm just telling the audience about this uh, this border pact that was uh, formally announced last year, back in December, and I did a couple of reports for it for uh, on it for GRTV, and uh, just uh, another indication of uh, well, what's going on not just with the uh, the TPP, but also all of these other bilateral relations and trade deals and border agreements that are further and further undermining Canadian sovereignty. Yeah, yeah, precisely. And and as I was saying uh, just before we got caught off there is that uh, it's being done incrementally. Um, they're starting out with the waterways, uh, but uh, we know that's eventually going to uh, lead to um, land-based operations. And uh, a lot of people point to the fact, I don't know if you're familiar with the case of uh, Canadian Mark Emery, uh, who was um, arrested quite some time ago. Uh, He is a Canadian who was selling marijuana seeds here in Canada, which is completely legal here in Canada. But the American uh, government uh, actually arrested him, um, and and that was kind of the first kind of major case where the American authorities got involved in Canadian politics and kind of came across the border and arrested this guy. Um, so that happened quite some time ago, and now we're literally starting to see uh, the potential of these guys, uh, American troops, on Canadian soil. It's it's such a huge step more closer to this idea of, once again, a North American Union. 
Exactly right, and uh, I, I'm sure most of the uh, American audience out there doesn't need to be told, but I, I hope that they all understand that, of course, this affects them just as much as it affects Canadians, and uh, the, the prospect of Americans coming over the border to, to arrest Canadians and the prospect of Canadians going across the border to arrest Americans, either way, it's a violation of sovereignty, and it's the type of thing that, uh, well, generations have uh, fought and died to protect uh, n- not just their national interests, but, of course, the idea that we are not just part of this, this global uh, enslavement grid and that there isn't some tyrant in some far distant land that can have their way with you and uh, this is a a very very troubling precedent and once again i'm not necessarily for national governments uh per se i'm i'm more in terms of a decentralization of control and i'm a voluntarist at heart so i don't think governments should exist but the idea that a foreign government should have any say over over my life or over your life is i think part of the the heart of the crux of the issue and it's uh, it's quite disgusting but unfortunately a lot of the american public and a lot of the canadian public aren't really aware of this agenda are they dan uh, no no not at this point um but uh that that is starting to change i mean it that that certainly is beginning to change and and that's because of uh programs like yours and 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 things that, that you're doing to raise awareness about these issues uh, because as you said, it seems that not not a whole lot of people are realizing that this is going on. But as, as I do believe that there were, were things are changing. It is getting better. Um, the awakening is happening on an exponential rate, and as as equally as they ramp up their efforts, people are beginning to do the same. So uh, as I said earlier, it's certainly an exciting time to be involved in this uh, fight. Well, that's right. And and there are signs of resistance everywhere and people who are waking up in different ways for different reasons. And one thing that we've covered here on this program in the past and that you've covered, of course, in your excellent documentary, Into the Fire, was the uh, the G20 in Toronto uh, back in 2010, which was just a disgraceful show of uh, basically the violation of every principle that any Canadian should hold dear about uh, the even the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, um, which was clearly violated by the policing there at the G20. And I noticed you have uh, posted up a recent story from CTV News about uh, seven protesters from Hamilton who are now suing Toronto police for $1.4 million over the G20 uh, policing. Tell us a little bit about this story. Yeah, that's right. Um, these uh, plaintiffs, these people who went through horrific um, circumstances being held in uh, what eventually became known as Trontonimo Bay here in Toronto, the detention center, um, are, have filed this lawsuit for $1.4 million between the seven people. And I, I certainly hope they um, get awarded this money for the brutal things that they went through. Um, in uh, the report that came out, uh, there was talks of sexual harassment, d- d- derogatory uh, remarks, and um, I, I've heard so many stories about what went on in that detention center that is absolutely disgusting. And in the film, uh, we do have footage from the inside of the detention center. We were the first ones to be able to obtain this footage. And I'd like to clear the air about this. I, I've mentioned this on your show before, but I constantly get comments and people saying, how did they get the police footage? How, how could they possibly have gotten the CCTV footage from the police? They must be controlled opposition or something like that. Uh, but, guys, all we did is we used the system against the system. We applied for a Access to Information Act request, and the police were legally obliged to give us that footage within 30 days. Um, so if you want to see what it was like inside those cages, uh, you can see a little bit of that in the film. But bear in mind, there were 
upwards of 40 people in those cages. And um, as we're hearing now, even even two years later, uh, people are still launching lawsuits. People are still trying to, um, uh, y- you know, get justice for, for what happened to them. So it's, it's good news. In, in the face of all this ramping up the, of the police state that we're seeing all around the world, a military police in Anaheim right now, um, all, all kinds of things going on in regards to the police state. It is good to see that here in Toronto, some people are taking the initiative to hold these police officers accountable for some of the actions that they took. Even if it was a couple years ago, uh, they're still seeking justice, and I hope that they get it. Well, we can only hope, but uh, but hopefully we can do more than that. We can support the people who are also involved in these, and uh, people might want to check out the interview that I did with Nicholas Wright uh, just a few months ago about his own uh, lawsuit that he's got against the Toronto police for arresting him for the grave crime of wearing a bandana while bicycling during the G20, which apparently was a crime in and of itself, uh, worthy of arrest. So, uh, of course, just uh, an atrocious, atrocious uh, police state that Toronto was turned into for the duration of that summit, and it really does beg the question of why they bothered to hold it right there in the heart of a, uh, the most populous city in Canada. It's just a ridiculous idea, but uh, but it, perhaps it's just the uh, the unveiling of the police state and the indoctrination of, of the Canadian public into that, uh, that police state. And unfortunately, to a certain extent, it must have worked, because uh, there are people who uh, will defend the police's actions, no matter what they do, because they're the police. Yeah, yeah, you still do get a lot of that, and uh, it's shocking to me, really, that um, people would defend these kinds of uh, actions. Um, I had a conversation one time with a police officer in a in a pool hall. I was out playing pool. I, I'm into pool. I play a lot of billiards, and I was out playing pool, and, and this guy recognized me, and he came up off-duty, and he said, I'm a police officer, and we had a long discussion, and he was saying everything that I presented in that film is a bunch of garbage, and uh, the guy was completely brainwashed and uh, conditioned, but that's how a large part of them are. It happens. Well, we've got to try to get them as our friends and on our side, but uh, let's take a short break. We'll be right back after these messages. All right, welcome back to the broadcast, friends. This is Corbett Report Radio, and I am your host, yours truly, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and some people out there have referred to me, and I, I'm a wilting flower, so I won't uh, actually own up to this, but some people have referred to me as the hardest working man in alternative media. But I, for my money, if we're going to be get, doling out prizes, I think we should give the hardest working beard in alternative media to Dan Dix, an impressive uh, impressive facial hair. And uh, you'll, you'll be happy to know in your honor I haven't shaved in about 36 hours, but... Uh, it's just nothing. Oh yeah? Are you gonna you gonna grow a Dan Dix beard? I I don't think I could. I, well, I definitely couldn't. Let's put it that way. So uh, actually, <laughs> several years ago, I did. I was working on a little beard, but uh, it was pretty pathetic. So I'll leave that to you. I don't think I could take your place there. All right, uh, Dan. Uh, once again, PressForTruth.tv uh, is that the best place for people to go? Uh, well, uh, the, the flagship site is pressfortruth.ca. Um, e- e- you know, everything uh, that we do goes there. Uh, but people who want to support our efforts and support our work and get access to the daily videos uh, can do so by signing up at pressfortruth.tv. And, of course, we have, we've made all of our uh, films available for download there in high quality, all of my music, all of the films, upcoming projects like the new Bilderberg film we got coming up uh, very soon will be available there for download. 
And so Press for Truth TV is a great way to stay up to date on a daily basis and support the work that I'm doing at the same time. Um, but uh, you can always go to pressfortruth.ca um, to get a, a great wealth of information as well. We just don't have uh, every single daily video that we got going on over at .tv. Um, but that's uh, the way to uh, support uh, right now uh, what we're doing is through the DVDs and through the uh, Press for Truth .tv website, which I'm working hard at every single day. Absolutely, and uh, that's the way that the alternative media will function or fail. If uh, people out there support uh, the alternative media they like, we will be able to continue doing what we're doing, and if not, uh, we won't. So uh, unfortunately, that's the economic reality of all of this. So once again, just like Corbett reports, uh, Press for Truth is listener-supported uh, and viewer-supported, so I hope people will do that. And of course, you can always check out the, some of those uh, videos at uh, pressfortruth.ca or youtube.com slash weavingspider. And if you like what you see... Uh, uh, throw some money into the pot and help uh, keep it going. So, uh, Dan, anything else that you're working on that you'd like to let the listeners out there know about? Uh, well, again, uh, lately I've been so focused on the new Bilderberg documentary, and uh, my days uh, these days consist of, you know, when, when I get up, I, gotta, I work on my uh, daily video for the day, and then usually when I'm done uh, shooting, editing, and uploading my daily video, I move on to either uh, editing the Bilderberg documentary or working on video reports or, or conducting interviews or doing interviews or a whole a whole number of different things going on. But basically the focus lately has been the new Bilderberg documentary. So I, I've just been in, immersed in, in, in that, and I probably will be for the next couple of months. Um, but that's basically what we got going on right now and some of the things uh, on the horizon coming up very, very soon. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I'm staying tuned, as I hope the people are out there. So, Dan Dix, thank you again for your time tonight. Thank you so much, man. Take care. All right. Excellent. Well, there goes Dan Dix, PressForTruth.tv. Once again, I hope you will go there and support his work, as well as, of course, CorbettReport.com, also listener-supported. So I do rely on you guys out there to help keep me going. And uh, coming up this week on the broadcast, we have some more interesting conversations lined up. Tomorrow night, we're going to be talking to someone about something that I was talking about on the podcast recently, uh, the thorium nuclear alternative, a different type of nuclear power that, than the uranium paradigm that, unfortunately, we're locked into. And uh, Thursday night, we're going to be talking to Mike Adams, the health ranger of naturalnews.com. And uh, Friday night, we're going to do some Friday night highlights. So I hope you will stay, be stay, staying tuned to Corbett Report Radio all this week on Republic Broadcasting. CorbettReport.com is the website to go to for all my other work. So until tomorrow night, thank you all out there for listening and take care.